We spent the last hour in the political ring. We'll spend this half hour in the boxing ring. More than 100 Canadian boxers are calling for the resignation of Boxing Canada's high-performance director and an independent investigation into the sport's culture and safe sport practice. At last check, that letter uh, was up to 220 signatories. Uh, it was sent last week. Athletes said Boxing Canada has cultivated a, to- a, quote, toxic culture of fear and silence and asked the organization to address four main issues, governance and transparency, safety, toxic culture and harassment, and restricting opportunities. Following gymnastics and bobsleigh and skeleton, boxers are the latest athletes to break their silence and make an open call for action to improve the culture of their sport, and in particular, the body that runs it in this country. Well, joining me now is Brian Caldwell. He's a champion, boxing champion in this country, who represented Canada in the 2019 Pan Am Games in Lima in the men's 91 kilo class, losing to the eventual gold medalist, and one of now 200 plus athletes and coaches who signed the open letter to Boxing Canada. Brian, thank you so much for your time tonight. Hey, thank you very much for having me. It's great to have an opportunity to kind of get the story out there. Absolutely. I mean, your story in of itself is fascinating because not many boxers started off dreaming of becoming soccer players. Uh, But that was sort of, that's your background, right? You sort of were were training to try out for the UVix men's soccer team and found boxing. Yeah, that was, yeah, it was one of those things kind of stumbled backwards into it, but it was also like, that's what everybody loves to talk about. But that was, uh, it was funny because I had spent like, you know, 15 plus years playing soccer. And on my very first night at boxing, I knew that I never wanted to play ever again. I knew I'd bounce what I really wanted to do. So that was, you know, after 15 years of like, hey, mom, driving me all over the country to soccer. Now I want to get punched in the face for a living. Thank you. Well, Brian, what did you like about it? What was what was so magical about it? The moment you stepped in, you knew that was that. Um, to be honest, it was it was the one on one nature of it. It was like the immediate. It's just you versus them. Like team sports are fun, but one on one sports, especially like boxing, it's it's um, athleticism and all those things kind of play a part. But there's also just it's will versus will, and we see that play out all the time in the ring. Um, how much the men, it's not like people talk about the mental game, but it's not just the mental game. It's also just force of will. And I was just immediately drawn to it because it's, it's also just so much fun. It's fun to fight. Uh, and it all just worked for me on my very first day in the gym. And I've only, I've never really looked back. Well, you're good at it. That also helps, right? <laughs> a great deal. I have to say that to that as well. Uh, what, how, what was success like early on? Because I know, I know that you won the Golden Gloves in both Oregon and here, which is very rare. Uh, but you had a lot of success early on. What was it like to sort of find success in the ring? Um, it was very interesting because at the time when I first started, I first ha- started having success was in the kind of uh, affliction and tap out era when the UFC first started to become big and mainstream. So everybody was a tough guy and everybody was a fighter. But then there was me who was really doing, you know, I was winning provincial championships. I was winning golden gloves. So success at first was a bit of a, a whirlwind, but um, it also became I don't know, like the the journey of climbing to the top. The great thing about boxing is you always know what the next step is, right? So success just kind of became more about just training and always being in the gym. Because as long as you were always in the gym, you always knew when the next fight was. You knew where the next step was. So it became just routine and habit. And winning just always led to the the next step. You always knew it was next, the next challenge ahead. So when does Team Canada? come calling when do things like the pan am games and the olympic games start to be something you start to think about uh to be honest it 
Winning, uh, when I went, I went to, I won nationals my very first time going, which is very, very rare. Normally, um, even in our country, you'd see, uh, it's your second or third trip to nationals. So, um, all of that kind of became really real when I won that first national championship. And not only did I win it, but I won it by spectacular knockout in the second round. It's the clip that everybody yeah. sees when they search me on YouTube, right? Yeah, I, I watched so, I watched it a few hours ago. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, yeah right? A, yeah. So it, it, was, yeah. it, it, was, it, it kind of went off just like that. Like it just, it went from, I was just going to nationals and I was just going to really go and have my first one there and just have a great experience. And then I won my first fight and then I won my second fight. And all of a sudden it was like, oh my goodness, I'm going to be top two in the country. Well, like that's just such an accomplishment of its own. And then, you know, I'm in the middle of the ring and halfway through the second round, all of a sudden I'm national champion. And then a few days later, I'm finding out that it's time to move to Montreal and centralize with the program because the Olympics is four years away and there was the Commonwealth Games coming in Pan Ams and everything like that. And it just, it was one of those things. Once the ball started rolling, it just kind of, my feet just kept moving for about two years. So we get to Montreal and I think this is where things start to get, start to change a bit, right? I mean, you love the sport. You're very good at it. You arrive at the team at with team Canada to train in Montreal where there's where they're located. You obviously have big expectations and big hopes. I would imagine at that point, how do things play out? So to speak. Well, it was, it was very unfortunate, right? I mean, every athlete's dream or within my sport, one of the you'd think is to represent your country. You know, it's, um, it's definitely a milestone. It's a huge thing. And it's, it's a big honor in most sports and it's a big, it's a target for a lot of athletes. So what I saw it as, it was like making the national team was basically was getting paid to represent your country. Like, you know, you become a gift, you become a carded athlete and you get centralized. You're training with the best people our country has to offer and you get to go and you get to test yourself against the very best. And then, um, so I was very, very excited to go. It was, you know, all your dreams come true. Like, uh, so, but then I moved out here and it just, the program didn't live up to any of the promises that we were kind of told from the outset and then, I mean, I can go into all kinds of details of the problems I experienced and the athletes around me did. Uh, we all just experienced it differently. But the the big problem that I saw it as when once I got there was that the program was openly modeled after other countries. Like they just kept telling us that our program worked because it was modeled after the top ten meddling countries over the last fifty years of the Olympics which right. never made sense to me because we are not those 10 countries. Canada is a very different nation than those other 10 countries and we have a different sport along with it. So it just, uh, I only ended up spending a year there before I had to come back, but it was, it was, a, it was a very quick turnaround within a month of getting there that just the program wasn't what it had been explained to us that it would be. I noticed that there were some things that you mentioned in an interview that I was reading just about being asked to go fight on very short notice, just essentially that you didn't feel like they were looking out for you. You didn't feel like you were being uh, tutored or mentored or progressed in many ways. Uh, not at all. Um, for example, my story is, so I got sent to Bulgaria on two days notice and that was my only opportunity to compete the whole year. And the only reason I even got that opportunity to go to Bulgaria was because originally the Bulgaria trip was supposed to be an all girls trip. I think we had five athletes going, maybe six. And, um, in the, the last sparring before heading out, one of the female athletes got a concussion. 
So for what I was what was explained to me it was basically Team Canada attempting to salvage their plane ticket and their registration and everything like that. I was subbed in uh, last minute. But then, as I explained in the, in the interview, I was never told about that. And two days before I was supposed to fly out, I got a call from uh, basically the team accountant, basically confirming my flight time and that it, that would work for me and everything like that. Um, to which I was like, what are you talking about? And they're like, you're going to Bulgaria, don't you know? It was like, nope. So um, just, and that's, was just one of many things. Like even in the day-to-day training, there's just, there was favoritism thrown around in terms of uh, what time sparring was at. Like my training was never at peak times. There was never anybody, anybody in the gym with me. And um, those kind of things don't set you up for a good place mentally to begin with. And then um, <clears throat> on the trip to Bulgaria was also the, originally the trip was billed to the girls. It was just going to be this little tune-up tournament. And when we got there, it turned out to not be a tune-up tournament. It was actually like a mini world championships like there was a lot of high level teams there, so it was the whole it was, the whole experience was just like it was it was it was also awesome though because I got to go and compete against the best in the world and rub shoulders with them. But uh, <clears throat> that was just kind of the final nail in the coffin, and um, found really difficult to come back to training when you come back from an experience like that. What what I mean, what I didn't get is that uh, you know you're Canadian champion at this point. Uh, you're obviously have some real skill. I watched that fight at the Pan Am Games with uh, with with Felix Savon's uh-huh. uh, nephew, whose name I'm going to forget now. I apologize. Eris Landry Savon, be- yeah. That, that yeah, guy one of the best boxers good. in the world, right? He's one of the best yeah. in his weight class in the world. And you stood toe-to-toe with him for three for three full rounds and had a good fight. I mean, you had a, I mean, you were you were going, I mean, I, I, as, a, as a Team Canada fan, it would have been nice to see you compete. And I wonder why that wasn't recognized. Well, it was also like, that's the thing is like, in my opinion, I was never properly tutored or mentored. Like that was my 40th four zero fight when I fought uh, the Cuban. And that was his, we're guessing 450th because like they have so many fights that it's difficult to, you know, keep track of them all. But like, that's one of the things is that was, I'd been on the team for two years then. And I think I'd had like, uh, pardon me for the, I fought the Cuban at the Pan Am qualifiers. And then, That's right. um, I had no fights between the Pan Am qualifiers and the Pan Am games when I fought him for the second time, whereas mm-hmm. he, as the Cuban national team, I think he had like three or four fights. So when you just look at that difference, like I'm not getting the fights of the experience and yet I have back to back fights with the number one ranked fighter in the world. And there's supposed to be some expectation I'm going to do immediately better, which I didn't understand. I'm speaking with Brian Caldwell, a Canadian champion, Golden Gloves uh, champion, a 2019 Lima Pan Am Games uh, competitor. Uh, we're talking about an open letter that uh, more than 200 boxers and coaches have now signed, demanding changes at Boxing Canada, calling uh, what they've cultivated there a culture of toxic of toxicity and fear and silence. We'll talk a bit more about the open letter and what you hope to achieve and what you've seen so far in the reaction after this. I'm speaking this half hour with Brian Caldwell, a Canadian champion, boxing champion, uh, as well as having represented Canada at the Pan Am Games in Lima in 2019. Uh, we're talking about an open letter signed by now more than 220 athletes and coaches in boxing, uh, originally signed by 100 or more, uh, calling for changes at Boxing Canada. And I wanted to ask you about that letter, uh, uh, Brian. Was it a tough decision to make? And uh, what made you decide that it was it was something that you thought you should be involved with? 
Um, it was not a difficult decision. Um, that open letter is the product of a few years of work. There's actually been three different opportunities. There's been three different times over the past uh, two and a half years where I've been asked to submit official um, complaints or you know <clears throat> testimonies of what happened, my treatment of Boxing Canada over the last couple of years because. Um, there's actually the female athlete representative, Caitlin Clark. She um, she started addressing these problems, all the ones that are listed in the letter. Um, and I have to give big respect to Caitlin Clark because she went through and she followed the steps. She did like the in-the-trenches busy work of compiling stories and going through the proper appeal process and everything. And after the third one was just... Um, we we all just kind of ran out of steam. And then what kind of blew the top off of it was um, Mandy Bujold kind of came out and she kind of committed her name to it after uh, it was about a week and a half ago. And it just got, she created an Instagram post and it's then all the people, I want to say over the last few years, they, there's always been people who have been battling with um, Boxing Canada and they all just kind of came together and it went really, really quickly. It went from just an Instagram post to Mandy Bujold got an interview with CTV to it got the media traction to the open letter was created. And I mean, I signed it the minute that I found out about it because we had current champions. We had Marie Spencer, a two-time for a uh, two-time professional world champion. He used to be on Boxing Canada. We had all of a sudden, it was just kind of like once it hit the mainstream kind of news, um, all of the all of the bolts just fall off, fell off, and we've, we like all of the little secrets in Boxing Canada's closet. Like going back as far as there was a third party study done of the Boxing Canada program back in 2014, which right. listed all the problems that needed to be fixed back then that still haven't been addressed. And so, to answer your question, it was really easy. And the thing was, once. Um, once, once it got rolling, and, and like 221 athletes signed this that have experienced a boxing game, like that's how bad and widespread it was. So for me, it was not a difficult decision. It was really, if anything, it was vindicating to see um, the process finally work and see the change might actually be coming after two and a half years of risking my reputation by going through the official proper process. Sunlight, as they always say, is a great disinfectant. Are you happy with the, Are you happy with with what you've seen so far in terms of reaction? Do you think this will lead to some real change? I'm I'm really really excited with what we've seen so far with uh, the high performance director stepping down, and then also with um, a few of the bigger names I mentioned, like Mandy Bujold and Marie Spencer. They've really got a, they've been nav navigating and handling this well because at the end of the day, it wasn't just the high performance director. It was Again, there was a, re a third-party report commissioned in 2014. Who are all the people that turned a blind eye to his actions? Who are all the people who helped? And I mean, from coaches to um, athlete representatives to the board. Like, I believe another one of the stipulations added in there is there's an immediate vote of no confidence in the board of directors of Boxing Canada. The whole program is going to be um, switched from the bottom up, you know, so... I'm really wanted, excited to see what comes next. You know, yeah, um, I'm you just hoping more that transparent, better opportunities, more transparent, more clear about opportunities, less toxic. Uh, there was a lot of demands in there, and it feels like they're being listened to. Absolutely, and the thing is, it's um, it's in a position where I'm very, very hopeful 
that a program will be built, as I've said before, that reflects the diversity of Canadian culture, that isn't controlled by any just one person, because we've got a very big geographic country. The West Coast is different than the East Coast, is different than Ontario, is different than Quebec, is different than the Prairies, and I just hope we rebuild. We start with a program that isn't modeled after other countries, but it's modeled after one that reflects the Canadian sport and the Canadian culture. Brian, I only have about a minute left, but I wanted to ask you what you're up to these days. I think listeners will want to know what you're up to and, and uh, you know, have you, have you found a place where you're happy and doing stuff that you like? I am. Um, I'm boxing with my new coach, Richard Lestage, from the Stage Boxing up in Parksville. I'm back in Victoria. I work for, like, I teach boxing full-time. Uh, when people want to know what's next, it's just uh, I'm in a weird place between with his boxing Canada program turning around. Do I stay amateur? Do I turn pro? All I know is that I'll be back in the gym tomorrow and I just look forward to continuing to box, whether it be with Boxing BC, whether it be with Boxing Canada, or uh, whatever me and my coach, which is the stage, decide come next. Brian Caldwell, thank you so much for your time. A fascinating conversation. Thanks for, uh, for sharing your story with us and for sharing your reasons behind signing that letter. No problem. Thank you very much for having me.